0: Romans chapter 8 we sang in one of our hymns this morning let sorrow do its work send grief and pain sweet are thy messengers sweet their refrain when they can sing here's the key to that verse when they can sing with me more love O Christ to thee more love to thee when they can sing with me Romans chapter 8 <clears throat> verse 28 and we know and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do ask now the blessing upon the reading of Thy Word. I pray that our praise and our prayers have been pleasing and acceptable in Thy sight, not on any merit of our own, but solely upon the merits of Jesus Christ. Amen. My Father, we all in this room this morning more than likely are very familiar with this passage of Scripture. And Father, I pray that You'd help us to see a little bit deeper, a little bit farther into its truths that, Lord, You might re- you might reveal unto us, Lord, a pearl of great price that we have yet to see and to know. Father, may You be honored and glorified in all things that we say and do. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. 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 The Lord, again, this last week had providentially led me to this passage of Scripture when speaking to someone on the job, which I know not if they be a believer or not, but I gave every effort to explain to them this passage of Scripture and in some sense, the verses or the words of our Lord kept coming back to my mind when he quoted the Old Testament prophet and said, Seeing ye see, but ye perceive not, and hearing ye hear, and ye understand not. It's hard to attempt to explain the promises of God to someone that knows not God. And yet we pray that God give us the grace that we'd be able to continue preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ. And this verse 28 of Romans chapter 8 is truly a pearl of great price which has enriched countless souls since its first recording many years ago. Since my youthful days as a new believer... When I was first introduced to this passage of Scripture, I have over the years often resorted to its divine truths in hopes of obtaining some sense, some understanding and comfort concerning the many fiery trials and afflictions which God had providentially wrought upon my life as a believer. The confusion which often arose within my heart and mind as to how all things could possibly work together for good, especially in those most difficult and trying of times, was often overwhelming. We read Romans chapter 8 verse 28 most of the time when we're in need of some kind of understanding or Sense of the things going on in our life that we cannot comprehend? How could things that are uncomfortable and tormenting to the flesh, how could such things ever work together for good? And though I was very much aware of this verse of Scripture in my haste to find an immediate answer as to how such afflictions could ever work together for my good. I believe the answer, like so many Christians, the answer was to be found in some yet undiscovered truth of God. I have yet to learn something about God. I have yet a truth To find. So I diligently, which is not incorrect of itself, search scriptures in hope of finding an answer to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Yet, like in most cases concerning God's Word, the answer and comforts are not found in some yet undiscovered truth of God, but in those divine truths we already know. And that happens most of the time. When we're confused about something concerning God or our Christian life, we usually think it's because it's some hidden, unknown truth of God that I have yet to learn. And so therefore, we search diligently to find something new. When in reality, all we need to do is search those truths we already know. That pearl of great price hidden in what God has already revealed unto us. We need only to light a candle, as our Lord said in the parable of the woman and the pearl, we need only to light a candle and sweep the house till we find it. Hmm. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 answers itself. If we... Read it in the context of which Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, wrote it. The prophet Isaiah says, With joy we must learn to draw water out of the wells of salvation. Not by digging new wells, but by drawing from those wells of salvation already provided in Mm. Christ. Christians many times are in such a haste to find an answer to their problems they don't even realize the answer is right before them. It's it's not what we don't know, it's what we do know but we don't understand. The blessed man of Psalms 1... Who shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and who shall prosper in whatsoever he doeth, is not the man constantly searching for new truths, but he who meditates day and night on those divine truths which he already knows, and the psalmist said, delights in. You see, that's the difference. We're always on the search for something new when we haven't even learned what God has showed us already. Mm. What is truth? Pilate asked Christ when truth was sitting right in front of him. Learn, dearly beloved, when you find yourselves confused or amazed or astounded by something in your life, be it in your Christian life or in regards to God or your present trials and afflictions. Go, do not go search for something and get unlearned and hidden. Search those things you know. Deep those wells of Jacob anew, like Abraham did. You need not new ones. You need just simply to learn those you've already known. Look with me then, if you would, this morning, on this very familiar passage of scripture, and may God be pleased to show us a few pearls of great price which has possibly been hidden from our eyes because we haven't swept enough. we haven't lit the candle. May God give us grace this morning to do that Romans chapter eight verse twenty eight and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them. Were the called according to his purpose. Verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, stay with me, to be conformed to the image of a son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, moreover whom he did predestinate then he also called and whom he called then he also justified and whom he justified then he also glorified what shall we say then now again I'm reading these words in the context of Romans 8.28 keep Romans 8.28 in your mind okay keep it in your mind what shall we say then to these things, if God before us, who can be against us, he that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies, who is he that condemneth it is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also made intercession for us. We know that all things work together for good. Keep that in the mind. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Romans 8, 28. To them that love God. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor death, mm-hmm. nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, with all those verses in mind, and that's why we read all these verses, many make the mistake of isolating Romans eight twenty eight from all the following verses. You can't do that. If you just isolate Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you're going to continue to be confused. If we're ever to understand and enjoy the full comforts which verse 28 offers every true believer, we must interpret it in the light of its entire context. My problem as a young believer is I just isolated Romans 8, 28 and didn't read the rest of the chapter. All things work together to good to them that love God. Why? Because. Those who he did foreknow, he did predestinate, he conformed to, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and he called, them, he justified, and then he justified, them, he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things of God before us who can be against us? Who can condemn us? What he says later on who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect and then he goes through all the perils of life he said what well, shall separate us from the love of Christ this is what Romans eight twenty eight is built upon this is how we come to understand and to know that all things work together to good to them to love God hmm. because God foreknows us <clears throat> to be predestinated uh, predestinated us to be conformed to the image of the Son he justified us, he glorified us he keepeth us. Mm-hmm. He preserves us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ and He goes through tribulations, distresses, persecutions. You see, the following verses interpret the verse 28. Our problem is we don't go any further than verse 28. But now watch what He does here. I want to show you something this morning. Hopefully God will give us all a pearl, a great price we have not yet seen in this wonderful verse verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to purpose now here's the most amazing and profound truth especially in light of the previous verses we've studied and preached on those a few weeks ago because in verses 26 and 27 as we learned a few weeks ago Paul would declare that we know not what to pray for as we ought we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Yet here in verse twenty eight, regarding the working of all things together for good, Paul says, We know. Isn't that amazing? We know not what to pray for as we ought, but when it comes to all things working together for good, Paul says, We know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. When you think about it? Amen. I mean, it shows the, the wonderful mystery behind prayer, but it, it proves that the Christian knows things that goes beyond all reason. Because he says, we might not know what to pray for as we not, but when it comes to God sovereignly and providentially working all things together for our good, Paul said, you should know that it works to your good. Oh, good. is that amazing? Yes. This whole passage of Scripture has to do with our relationship with God. In the beginning verses in chapter 8, he talks about the Spirit of God beareth witness with our spirit, and we call Him Abba Father. It's it's an intimate relationship with God through Christ Jesus. Paul says we might not know what to pray for as we ought, but we know that God sovereignly and providentially works all things together for good. It's an amazing thing if you think about it. when God sovereignly and providentially works all things together for our good the believer says we know we know this to be true yet notice Paul doesn't describe or explain the how God works all things together for good listen to verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call he doesn't tell us how he does that and yet he still tells us we know they work together for good. And a man come up to me this week and having severe trials in his life. I, I doubt his profession of faith because it doctrinally is unsound. He has some kind of understanding of religion, but it's not true Christianity. And he said, how can all these things befall me? I don't have any idea how they can work and it just seems like when it rains it pours everything seems to be crumbling down around and it drove home even more of what Paul is trying to explain to true Christians in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 Paul doesn't tell us how God is going to do that he just tells us that we know we always want to know the how Lord, how can this affliction work for my good? It it seems to be obvious that it's painful and it's not comfortable and it's not pleasant. How could this possibly... Paul doesn't say or describe how God does that. He simply says, we know it does. That's faith. Which a lost man can't comprehend because he has no faith. Most believers struggle with this divine truth because they want to know the how. We want to believe. We want to know that all things work together for good. But how? We want to believe that. We want to know that, but how? Why in this manner? Why this affliction? How come this cross? How come this persecution? How can this possibly work together for good? Paul doesn't describe or explain the how. But, he does explain the why. We just stopped in verse 28. Let's read this again, just the beginning of it. I'm not going to read all the verses again, but listen to it now in the light of what I just said. Verse 28, "...and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, for..." Here's the why, not the how. "...for whom He did foreknow." Foreknow is not simply a a mere intellectual understanding that He knew us before. It's it's an intimate word. He intimately knew us. "...to them that love God, to to them who are called according to His purpose." For whom he did foreknow, whom he foreknew lovingly, compassionately, before time existed. Whom he did foreknow, he also did what? Predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Predestinate for what? Paul says to be conformed to the image of his Son. You see how he's beginning to describe the why of verse 28? This is why we know all things work together for good because whatever God's doing because He foreknew us before time and eternity He predestinated us to be conformed in the image of His Son. So what He is working all things together for the good is conforming us into the image of His Son. There's the why. How He does that is up to Him. We just need to know why. He's, pre- he's conforming us to the image of the sun that he might be the firstborn among many many, uh, many brethren, moreover whom he did predestinate. Now watch how he seals this in heaven. Remember I've said a few weeks ago, our problem is we're too earthly minded. We look at everything in this present life for the present. No, God would set our hearts and minds on the things above, on the things of heaven, of things of eternity. He does that. We know that all things in this present life work together for the good. Why? Because God is doing an eternal work in you that will be finished in eternity. For those, listen to this, Moreover whom, he did moreover whom He did predestinate, then He also called, whom He called, then He also justified, whom He justified, then He also glorified. It's not <laughs> present, it's, or it's not past or future, it's present. Listen to these words. He also called, justified, glorified. In God's purpose, Romans chapter 8, according to His purpose, these things are already done. <laughs> They're complete. <laughs> then Paul asks the question, What shall we then say to these things that I've just told you? Mm. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Yes. Amen. Do you see what Paul's doing? Paul's building the truth of verse 28 upon all the following verses. He said, this is how come we know all things work. He doesn't just say, you know that, and then walks away. He says, you know that's because God is doing an eternal work inside of every true believer according to His purpose. According to His purpose. Not mine. According to His purpose. Then he takes the further question further when he says in verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Nobody can lay anything to the charge of God's elect. Who is he that condemneth? Nobody can condemn us. And he takes it even further. Now, he said, now let me get this clear. Let me set this straight for you. Romans 28. Let me set this straight. Who shall separate you? from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus and he gives the whole list of everything that Romans chapter 8 verse 28 might be talking about persecutions, afflictions, trials he said nothing, nothing can you see in God's eternal purpose for his elect, and God's eternal purpose in predestinating you to be conformed to the image of his son, nobody can bring any charge against you. Nobody can condemn you. Nobody can say anything uh, against you, and nobody can separate for you from the love of Christ, love of God, which is in Christ <laughs> Jesus. And He goes through that whole that whole list in the latter chapter of chapter eight. For what? For Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-eight. You see now. Now, when you look at Romans eight twenty-eight, now you begin to understand how Paul could say, "For we know." Yeah we know nothing shall hinder nor harm nor separate the true believer in God's working all things together for good that's what he's basically saying nothing all these following verses Dear beloved, shed light on what Paul is declaring in verse 28 and they are the believer's assurance of knowing that all things work together for good. So don't isolate Romans 8.28 without reading the context because if you do, you'll miss out on what Paul is trying to say. How sweet their refrain when they can sing with me when they can sing with me. Beloved, nothing has been more confusing to believers down through the centuries than the afflictions of the believer. The afflictions of Job. Why does well, we all know the verse in Psalms? David struggled. it. Why do the wicked prosper? And it seems like I've washed my hands in vain. And we look at all these things, and it bothers us sometimes. Sometimes when God providentially severely puts us in a position in life to where we're suffering severely, we want to raise our hands and say, "But God, why? Why this? How come?" Paul will take us to Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-eight, and say, "Okay, start here, and when you start there." Ground your faith in Romans 8.28 and then read verses 29 down through 39 and you'll understand how you can come to know that all things work together for good. Yeah. And yet all things working together for good is not implied or promised to all men. Now watch this. I want to show you something partially of this this morning and I hope and pray that will enhance your love for Christ and for this wonderful verse and we know that all things work together for good watch this to them that love God you ever thought about that yeah. to them that love God now when you first look at this you might be a little confused. Some might think these words of Paul would be strange or are strange. Shouldn't it be written to them whom God loves? For we know that all things work together for good to them that God loves. Wouldn't that be wouldn't that make more sense? I mean, God's the one working these things all together for good, shouldn't Paul have said all these things work together for good to them whom God loves? Why does Paul say to them who love God? Quite a few years and never give much thought to that. You know, there's a lot of talk of God loving us and as there should be. <laughs> for he loved, uh, we love him because he first... Uh, First John said loved us there's a lot of talk about God loving us but Paul declares that it's those who love God Mm. he declares it's those who love God who know all things work together for good think about that for a minute all those who love God know that all things work together for good let me ask you this question and we'll continue on for a few more minutes do you love God? I didn't say, do you profess to know or profess to love God? Do you love God? Mm. We put a lot of em- emphasis on God loving us. It's easy for someone to say, oh, God loves me. <clears throat> but do you know, do you realize God's love for us is evident in how, we lo- how much we love Him? Mm. That's why when people say, oh, I love God, or, or God loves me, I'm sorry. They say, oh, no, no, God loves me anyway they go to church they don't read the Bible they don't pray they don't live a righteous holy life they don't try to please God they don't try to live for Christ's honor and glory well that's not very good love is it? (laughs) to say you love your spouse and then you go out and commit adultery multiple times a month it's it's not love is it? Mm. Paul says those who love God know that all things work together not those whom God loves, those who love God. It's <laughs> exclusive. Remember when Peter fell? and denied the Lord three times? You think, I mean, if if it was if I was in that position, you'd think that the Lord would come up and say, Peter, I want you to be assured that I still love you. He didn't say that. Mm-hmm. We're sitting along that fire and they are just talking away. It's the third time Peter has met Christ Mm. since he denied him. Christ has not mentioned a word about it until this third time. And he's cooking that fish away and all the disciples are sitting around and the Lord speaks up and he says, Peter, Mm. son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Mm. You think that should be the other way around? Mm. Don't you think Christ should assure Peter that Christ still loves him? That's you what know, Christ said. Christ said, Peter, do you love me? Hmm. We don't put enough emphasis on our love to no, God. No. No. We really don't. Little... Why not? Yes. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing to be loved. <clears throat> but do you know it's also a wonderful thing to love? Are you following me? Amen. It's a wonderful thing to be loved, but it's also a wonderful thing to love you know my heart goes out to all those this morning who hear this message even here and maybe even on the internet and even the individuals I talked to this week because they know nothing of loving God and that's a sad thing you can sit there all day long and say God loves you and you're hoping and praying and struggling in your heart that that might be true and that one day uh, you know, when you die that it's true that God loves you no if you don't love God now if you don't love God now Christ said let him be Maranatha, to that point stumble over that my I dump, but let him be accursed. Any man love not Christ. You see, you're cursed if you don't love God. It's a wonderful thing to be loved. It's just as wonderful to love. So Paul says, those who love God know that all things work together for good. Why? They trust Him they've read the rest of the verses God before me who can be against me who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect who can condemn me who can separate me from the love of God which is I love Christ so much I love him so dearly it doesn't matter how he works things together for my good I love him so dearly and so supremely it doesn't matter Because I know that whatever He's got planned for me is going to be for His glory and for my good. I find no room in my heart to complain. I find simply love for Christ. (coughs) It wasn't an assurance of Christ's love for Peter that would restore the Now, broken Peter... For Christ's love is secure in the <coughs> But it was an assurance of Peter's love for Christ that must restore Peter. And isn't that amazing? When the Lord asked Peter uh, that same question, Lovest thou me? Peter doesn't hesitate. You know, you think Peter, after denying him three times and going out and weeping bitterly, you'd think that Peter had said, Well, Lord, I hope I do. I'm not. <coughs> Maybe my love's not severe enough. Maybe my love's not good enough. Maybe I don't love. He didn't say that. He said, Thou knowest I love you. You you know. Isn't that amazing? (coughs) Just as we are secure that Christ will always love us, dearly beloved, when once the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit of God, we love Him back supremely as well. (coughs) Lord, Thou knowest I love thee. We love God, yes. Because he first loved us, but the divine evidence of God loving us first is that we love Him in return. You know, if many professing Christians' lives today were evidenced by their love for God, not the <laughs> profession of God's love for them, many would fall short because their love appears to be very faint, weak. What's the great commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That's a commandment. But it's also a commandment with great blessings. It's a promise. God would have nothing short than our entire heart, mind, and soul. You know that? Nothing short of that. That's why Paul says those who love God know that all things work together for good. Because they love they love God. That old missionary which i quoted many times makes shame I'm never weary of quoting him said God has come down and stolen my heart and ran away the heaven of it. Many are, many are quick to speak of God's loving them and yet to struggle in their hearts and minds to find some kind of assurance of that when God, like I said, the Holy Spirit according to Romans 5 sheds abroad in our hearts the love of God our hearts in turn love God back we know that all things work together for good for we love God isn't that amazing? Mm. simplicity of that mm. we know that all things work together for good because we love God, that's why Paul says to them that love God to them exclusive, who are the called, the called. I like that the called. Peter calls it as well. He uses that same phrase, the called. <coughs> who are the called? You know, we, you see how you see how we know all these things work together because of all these wonderful things <coughs> that Paul is describing. Because we're the called according to his purpose In speaking to someone this last week about this same passage of scripture and the individual kept trying to find some way of figuring it out on his own he's even seen a psychiatrist a counselor, humanistic trying to tell him he's good enough and he can make it on his own and it's all up to him and He just needs to find... I said, you need to stop listening to that nonsense. I said, because in the eyes of God, you're not good enough. No. I said, you need to get your mind and your heart out of the gutter of the world because it's not about you. There's nothing in you that's good. Nothing in you that's good. People's going, well, that's not a good way to counsel people. That's true. There's nothing in you good. You see, it's all about God. It's all about God. The Christian is concerned about only one thing, and that is the glory of his God. Because he knows when he seeks that, all things shall fall in place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Them that love God know that all things work together for good. And I love how the our love to God is what leads this train. And what brings up brings up the back part of it I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come verse 38 and 9 nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord none of these things so if God is doing all those things verses 29 to 39 and if all these things can never separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> and no one can condemn us, no one can lay anything toward the charge of God's elect, no one can separate us, then we come back to Romans 8.28 and say, then I know that all things work together for good. I know. Because I love God. God. And because I've been called according to His purpose. Beloved, when you find yourselves struggling in any part of your Christian life, it doesn't matter if it's trying to find questions or trying to find answers, I mean, or whether you're struggling with. present position, your lot that God has given you believe me, 99% of the time it's not because there's yet an unhidden, undiscovered truth of God that God's wanting you to find and I'm saying not saying we should not search scripture search scripture, but usually usually 99% of the time when it's a troubling and a trying situation, God's trying to bring something out of something he's already shown us Mm -hmm. not something he hasn't shown us yet Mm. So light the candle. Sweep the room. Search for it diligently until you find it. Because it's there. Amen? For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to His purpose for whom He foreknew. For whom He foreknew. That's an amazing, amazing... Text there for whom before knew he predestinated to be conformed in the image, conformed in the image of His Son. All things then work together for good, and they will. May God give us grace to see that, believe it, live it, and experience it, and know the blessings of it. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We do thank you now, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, how it clears up any confusion that we have as believers. We thank you, Lord, that you, you do work all things, all things together, both bad and good, for our good. We thank you, the Lord, you allow us to love you as we, as we do. We thank you, the Lord, that you called us according to your purpose that Lord you foreknew us before the foundations of the world before we were even born in the very wombs of our mothers Lord you knew us by name Lord who shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus help us Lord God we pray to ever look heavenward to set our affections on things above and not on things (coughs) of the earth Lord, may we seek to honor and glorify you in all things, trusting in you and knowing with a full heart of assurance no matter what happens in this life, all things, you will work together for our good. We ask these things now in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.